the Kapow Radio Show Prophecy Watch. Now I'll always know what time it is. Does anybody really know what time it is? Time to pluck up that which is planted. The time to kill and the time to heal. The time to break down. The time to build up. The time to weep and the time to laugh. A time to mourn and the time to dance. Time to get. The time to lose. Time to keep silence. And time to speak. The time of war and the time of peace. Does Miss Kapow, do you, do you know what time it is? It's time to wish you a happy birthday. Today is August the 14th, 2017. <laughs> I love being 35, but now that I'm 36... For the 20th time. <laughs> yeah, three times over. I'm actually 96. <laughs> But I look like a young 82. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all that cranberry juice you've been drinking. That's right. Cranberry juice. We're going to move on with Ecclesiastes. But as Miss Capal likes to call it, Ecclesiastes. Uh-uh. That's what you said. I heard you earlier call it Ecclesiastes. Well, I just wanted to hear if you were paying attention. I was paying attention. No, you weren't. Because I was saying things and you weren't replying. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to say something to me. And it did. It perked your ears. Very good. Yeah. You passed the test. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody really know what time it is, Miss Capel? Only God knows. Does anybody really care? I care. I know you care. But for the most, people don't care. Only God knows what time it is. We can't figure out what he's doing. Because he's sovereign. He's still God. People, he's still a sovereign creator God. Now, don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me because I'm not saying anything here that's not biblical. But, dude, all these people are trying to figure stuff out, okay? They're going, the Bible proves the earth is flat. The Bible proves the earth is a sphere. The Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't know if the earth is flat. I cannot, uh, you can't prove that to me. Like, I can't prove to you that it's not. I, nobody can prove anything to you. You can't prove that there's a sky dome. You can't prove that there's not a sky dome. You can't prove that the... You know, you can't you can't prove it to me biblically because that's not what the Bible's. The Bible doesn't have a cosmology, but what it does say is that man cannot know the depths of God. That's why it's like that. 
so that man will realize that he's only a beast. Yep. And that God is the creator God. There's a need for more. There's a need for eternal mind. Mm-hmm. Right, Ms. Kapow? And we're dependent on him. He's not dependent on us. Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't need the beast. The beast needs a savior, a master. So don't get mad at me and say I'm anti-flat earth or anti-hollow earth or anti-crystal skulls or whatever the heck is the sexy thing you're chasing right now. I'm just saying no one knows. You can't know. It's like when God was talking to Job, he said, did you go down there and lay down the foundations of the... Were you there when I laid down the foundations of the earth? The pillars of the earth? I was Were you down... No, you know, I mean, were you there when I flung the stars into the sky? No. The firmament? The dome? When I built the dome? I mean, you just don't know. I'm not making fun of anybody here. I just, you don't know. That's the bottom line. So you want to have a healthy debate and, you know, try to figure some stuff out. Have fun. Whatever. But... Eternal mind, you just don't know because God is still sovereign. So no one knows what time it is. No one knows that Jesus is going to come back August 21st when the solar eclipse happens. No one knows <laughs> that Jesus is going to come back September 23rd when whatever, whatever that's going to happen. Oh, the, 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 the Revelation 12 virgin is going to appear in the sky <laughs> with the 12 stars over her head and the sun and the moon and feet, blah, blah, blah. Right? No one knows because you're not God. Okay, end of show. Okay, we're going to continue with Ecclesiastes or Ecclesiastes. All right? Yep. But it was interesting earlier because Miss Capel and I were talking about Ecclesiastes, and she had mentioned a song written in the 60s that had the same, uh, what did you say, message? You know, basically. Well, it has basically the, the scripture in there. Yeah. That the world just keeps turning and turning. Mm-hmm. It was by the birds, right? The birds. The birds. And the world just keeps turning and turning. And then uh, there's another song. <clears throat> I don't know who did it. But um, there's Seasons in the Sun and Seasons in the... There's another, <laughs> you know, there's a couple of like yeah, secular yeah, yeah. songs. Where, you know, people realize the redundancy of life. Mm-hmm. It just keeps on going. Yeah. And then I thought of another one. And I'm just going to play a little bit of it because it's called. Um, I'm sure Hank didn't do it this way. Written by Waylon Jennings, the, the late, great Waylon Jennings. And I'm just going to do a little clip of it uh, sung by the group Alabama. But I want you to listen to the first lyric says it's the same old thing. Same old thing. Fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? It's the same old thing. We need a change. Waylon originally wrote, we need we need a change. And um, so you don't think Hank done it that way. Talking about Hank Williams. So anyway, listen, listen to this little thing. It's a secular song, just a little bit. But he's given the message of Coleth. Lord, it's the same old tune. Fiddle and guitar, where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars, it's been the same way for years. We made the change, 
but I don't think Hank done it this way. I don't think Hank done it this way. No. I don't think Hank done it this way. Oh, sorry. Was this mic on? It's on, Jerry. Oh, I was getting excited. Right. Anyway, my, my point is, my point that I want to make is that even in the world, an outlaw like Waylon Jennings realized that there's redundancy in life. It's the same old thing. We need a change. It's been going on like this for years. Same old thing, right? Same old, same old, same old. Doesn't think Hank would have done it that way. Right, so I mean, that's that's the deal. There's several s- secular songs that have that kind of crying out. You know what I mean? Exactly. Okay, Miss Capel, in studio today we have Coalith again. Excellent. And, yes, and he is going to begin with the beginning of chapter three. Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Ecclesiastes three. To everything there is a season, and a time for a big purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away, a time to rend, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. My favorite part of that is a time to dance. Time to dance. Time to dance. See, there's a time for everything. Yes. A season and a time. Is mm-hmm. there not? Mm-hmm. And it's God's timing. God's timing. So let's break it down a little bit. Okay. Okay. Earthly pursuits. Earthly pursuits are lawful in their proper time and order. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they're unprofitable when out of time and out of place. For instance, when these earthly pursuits are pursued as the solid and chief good beyond God. You see, you've got to remember Solomon is talking through wisdom, but he's looking at the world horizontally still. Mm-hmm. It's the horizontal plane. This is life without God. Whereas God makes everything beautiful in its season, which man obscurely comprehends, you just don't know the ways of the Lord. You just can't. And God allows man to enjoy moderately and virtuously his earthly gifts. Correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what consoles us amidst the instability of earthly blessings is that God's counsels are immutable. It's all about the eternal mind. It is about eternity that this is written thousands of years before christianity and it still talks about eternity the eternal mind this book Mm -hmm. it's always been that way 
That's what it's about. So man has his appointed cycles of seasons, just like the sun, the wind, and the water. Everything has that. There's a purpose. There's a fixed season in God's purposes. He's fixed the time when a person's to be born or when a person's to die. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like everything has an extreme opposite to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's lawful times for man to carry out his purposes and inclinations. And there's other times that humans abuse and he condemns it. God condemns those things. And they, man can abuse these things by making them the chief end. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Putting it, have, have no other gods before me. And that's what they do. So the earth without human desires, love, taste, joy, sorrow would be a dreary waste, would it not? Mm. But by misplacing and using them in excess, instead of being like a place without water, then it becomes a flood and it needs control. Reason and revelation are given to control them, right? So that's the purpose. God has a purpose for everything. And there's a, a time to die. A time to die. I don't think Hank would have done it this way. No, I don't think we spend enough reflection on death. I know we don't. I know we don't. And it's just so easy to look for the return of Christ and to be rescued from this planet. And, you know, everything is going to end and we're going to be up, up in heaven and it's going to be okay. And we don't really concentrate or think about that time uh, where our spirit will leave this body and return to its maker. And we're going to be judged for our works. Mm -hmm. And we're also going to be judged with everything we said, both good and bad. You know that. Mm -hmm. You know that. That's biblical teaching. And so having that in mind, you live eternally. You're always laying up treasures in heaven. That can't be destroyed. Right. That's how you th- you're supposed to think. Um, and sometimes that's very difficult with all the confusion and distractions here in our little prison planet, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's a time to plant, Mr. Pan. That's right. There's a time to plant. And, um, you know, a man... A man, a person can't reverse the times and order of planting or of digging up. You know what I mean? A farmer, any farmer knows this. He knows when he can plant and when he can harvest. He can't alter those times. Mm-hmm. And these, these, these times are also fixed for his birth and death. And so to try to plant out of season is emptiness. It's vanity. Mm-hmm. However good, in season. So when you plant in season, it's good. So to make earthly things the chief end is emptiness. However good they may be in order and in season, you can't take it out of season. Right? That's right. It's kind of like marriage, right? Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's certain benefits you get in marriage that you can't take out of season mm-hmm. prior to marriage. There's a reason. And... So Kolov says there's a time to kill also. Judicially, criminals. How about in wars or in self-defense? 
not in malice. Out of this time and order, killing is murder. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a time to heal. God has his times for healing. To heal spiritually before the sinner feels his wound would be out of time and so injurious. And I think that's that's interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that, I used to confuse me. It's like, why couldn't I just walk up and down the mall, you know, and you just see anybody on crutches or in a wheelchair or, you know, messed up physically and just lay hands on them and heal them? Yeah. Like that one scripture with the gentleman at the porticles. Yeah. There were a whole bunch of people there that were sick. But the Lord Jesus only looked upon that one and healed him. Yes. Whereas he was God made flesh. He could have healed every single person mm-hmm. waiting for the waters to be troubled by the angel. But he didn't. Mm-hmm. It was out of season. It was out of time. There was a time for healing. I mean, these are some pretty heavy spiritual lessons here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I used to think that, you know, why can you just lay hands on anybody and they get healed and then they go how'd you do that you go through the name of jesus christ i want to know this jesus right Right. that's the fantasy we have in our head Mm -hmm. that's the self we would like to see we would like to do for whatever reason you know we could say well we want to just help people but it's probably driven by ego Mm -hmm. if we were honest with ourselves right right to be the famous mall healer but I think a lot of that has to do with the flesh as well mm-hmm. and not really relying on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The sovereignty of God, once again. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a time to break down, Piscopal, and there's a time to build up. Like building our muscles. Mm-hmm. There's a time to break down the fat. Everything has its season. And there's a time to dance. There's... There's a time to cast stones. That means like out of a garden or vineyard, you know, clean up. And then there's a time to gather the stones, you know, like to build. There's a time to embrace and refrain. There's a time to lose and keep. Cast away. There's a, there's a time to get rid of things in your life that are bad for you. There's a time to rend your garments in mourning. There's a time to just be silent. And then there's a time to hate. Sin, lust, like in Luke 14, 26. You know? Where Christ says, If any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That's a hard saying. Yeah, it is. But there's a time to hate that. That is to love God so much more as to seem, you know, in comparison to hate mm-hmm. your father and mother, your own life, when coming between us and God. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And there's a time of war and there's a time of peace. Right, Ms. Capone? That's right. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know if this all this Korea... This North Korean blustering and all this uh, crazy talk on both sides is that proper time? <laughs> I would I would guess I would guess not. And once again, you can see things that are out of place. Man pushing things. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their earthly pursuits can be lawful in their season, but they're unprofitable when made by man and what God never intended them to be. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's like the Abraham story with Sarah, you know, when the angel came yes. and said that um, you'd have a child from your loins. Well, it took a while. And so then Sarah had the bright idea, well, I can just give you Hagar. Yeah. And so, you know, then came Ishmael. And, and we here we are. All problems. kinds of problems. Yeah. So yeah. sometimes we'd like to do things on our own to make God's promises fulfilled. Yeah. Oftentimes we do. We try to push that. We try to push that quite a bit. So shall we move on? Do you have anything else to add to that? Uh-uh. Because what he says next is, What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? What profit is there? Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have Coleth give the next verse. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life, and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor, it is the gift of God. Okay. You see that he's he's made everything beautiful. Mm-hmm. But Kolov says, God has made everything beautiful in his time. But before that, he says, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. And, you know, when did all that happen? I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, in Genesis. In Genesis. Mm-hmm. At the fall. When you didn't obey God's command not to... Not to partake of that tree. Mm-hmm. You know, that fruit. You know what I mean? And uh, and he said what it would happen. Death would happen. So in his time, God's time, that that's that proper season, which is opposed to us putting earthly pursuits out of their proper time and place. And when he says he's set the world in their heart, mm-hmm. set the world in their heart, he's given us the capacity to understand the world of nature as reflecting God's wisdom in its beautiful order and times. This is just like Romans one nineteen and 20. That's right. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Mm-hmm. That's why they're out without excuse. Mm-hmm. Because everything answers to this. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's put, made everything beautiful this time, and he's also set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. And that's what I was talking about earlier. I mean, we can argue and all day long and attack each other all day long, whether the earth is flat or a sphere mm-hmm. or um, has the ancient Greek cosmology of a, of a, of a sphere, but surrounded by a clear firmament or or we're under a dome or we're heliocentric or uh, geocentric 
all day long, and we could just dump each other over the head with with scriptures taken out of context and out of the the literal meaning of them. We can do that all day long, but you're never going to know because. God has put that in man's heart. No man can find out the work that God has made from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing with Bible prophecy. We're going to build a birth temple. We're going to have that. And then the Christ going to come. And then, then we know we have seven years before the covenant's broken. And then, right? You mm-hmm. don't know any of that. You can't know it. But I think that God puts in our heart that there is an eternity, you know, like time that just goes on and on and on that you start questioning your own, um, you know, longevity mm-hmm. and your, you know, who you are as a, as a human, Yeah, you know? And, um, I think when you start questioning that, that's like God stirring the water yeah, and like, Hmm, you know, and then you realize, you know, what happens when I die? What happens? What, what is this life all about? I think that's the stirring of God in our hearts so that we start looking for him or start listening to that voice that leads us to him. It's like when people have an experience with death, either your loved one dies or you have a near death experience type of thing, you start questioning your, mor- your mortality. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, man, that can happen to me. Or, you know, your best friend, you know, has a heart attack and you're like, he's gone. You start questioning these things, you know. Well, I know I I had that with your dad because I remember when he yeah. was diagnosed with cancer. I thought, oh, there's no way, there's no way. You know, yeah. I mean, they were waiting for the results. Yes, the denial. And, yeah, nah, nah. But then right. when he really was, it's like, hmm. And then when they gave him just you know a few weeks to live, yeah. it was, it was really uh, difficult to um, comprehend to accept. Yeah. And yeah. I guess I guess at that time, death became real very real to me whereas before i knew it happened but it wasn't a personal thing Mm -hmm. yeah someone very close and you go wow this does happen Mm -hmm. yeah and you actually see it it's um yeah it does wake you up and you you know in your in your thinking and hopefully you you develop that eternal mind yes from that you know so anyway the thing is is just you cannot find out those works of God that he makes from the beginning and you're just not going to figure that out and that's on purpose that's on purpose because this obscurity that we have this the secrets of God it's it's so our mental dimness of sight as to the full mystery of God's works so this incapacity for finding these out or comprehending God's work. I mean, that's chiefly the fruit of the fall, right? Mm-hmm. The earthling, ever since, not knowing God's time and order, labors in vain because um, out of time and place because of that. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's a labor in vanity. So as far as, as it relates to man's duty, man, man can never fully comprehend the things of God. Mm-hmm. But he ought to joyfully receive God's gifts. Mm-hmm. And do good with them and himself and to others. And it's never out of season, right? That's right. Never out of season. Uh, so anyway, Koloth continues. 
about receiving God's gifts and um, enjoying them and anything like that. Uh, anything else you want to add to that? No, thank you. All right. We will continue. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, and that which is to be hath already been. And God requireth that which is past. Okay. So verses 14 and 15. And I think he lays that all out there again about not knowing. You know? Exactly. The deeper things of God. Opposed to man's crooked and wanting works. You know what I mean? The event of man's labors depends wholly on God's immutable purpose. And our part is to do and enjoy every earthly thing in its proper season. Mm-hmm. Not setting God's order aside, but observing deep reverence towards God and for the mysteriousness and unchangeableness of God's purpose. Because they're designed to lead us to fear before him. Mm-hmm. Right? Because we can't know the event of each act. Otherwise, we would think we were independent of God. Exactly. And we're supposed to be totally dependent on him. Yes. And it just makes you wonder, I mean, really how we live today. And I'm talking like as a global society. Do we make food? Do we plant and do we harvest out of season? Yeah. All the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we could grow food now genetically. It's been modified. Um, the, we can saturate the soil with um, herbicides and chemicals. And we, could, we have this chemical soup in our soil. And we can grow uh, corn. It's not real corn anymore. It's that's uh, GMO corn mm-hmm. that feeds cattle and hogs. And we have uh, factories to produce mass amounts of chickens that are so fat and overweight with steroids and growth hormone that they can't even stand on their own legs just so we can get a large chicken breast out of them and make more money. Mm -hmm. We have a system set up that really circumvents these unknowable things from God that we can separate ourselves from God and say, see, we've been through the moon. Mm -hmm. Well, look at the babies that, I mean, um, you know, the laboratory uh, babies, the hybrids and stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it does make you wonder. You know, the rebellion, just mm-hmm. how just how deep it is and how much we don't see of it. Yeah, exactly. In our everyday life. Mhm. Okay, let's continue. But yeah, but you know what? Mm-hmm. It just proves that um the word says that, you know, um heaven and earth will pass, but not one jot or one small uh tittle in his word will pass from the law. Until everything's fulfilled. Yes. His word will last forever. Yes. No matter how much uh, we try to gain the wisdom of the serpent. Only God's sovereign. Mm-hmm. All right. And moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment, that wickedness was there, and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. But there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. This one's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. 
Because it, it, it does say that he sees under the sun in this horizontal plane a place of judgment, the place of judgment. Wow. Mm-hmm. That wickedness was there. In other words, you know what? I mean, our justice, our court systems, right? Right. And there was no place of righteousness that iniquity was there. I mean, how, how frustrating do we get when, when we look at our laws and, you know, the rich getting away with the bankers just getting away with all this stuff. The injustice. The injustice. One of the things that just always gripes me mm-hmm. after 9-11 here in America, the, the airlines... Uh, were, you know, struggling and we're going to go out of business and no one is going to fly and blah, blah, blah. And the taxpayers, taxpayer money is used to bail out private corporations. Mm -hmm. Then they turn around and the government forms the TSA and they violate the Fourth Amendment rights of the Constitution of every citizens of this of this nation. Yeah, that's right. And they're horrible and they charge all kinds of money, these airlines, and they just treat you like cattle. After after they were bailed out, and that just irks me because yeah. there's no justice there, Mm-mm. no justice. And that there. money was our tax money. Yeah, you know. I just wish people would quit flying. I understand some people have to, but I mean, everybody's flying everywhere. It's just I don't know. They just keep the system going. Mm-hmm. So, and then he goes on. He says, "I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked." That's mm-hmm. heavy. Yep. It's not, you know, we just tend to think, oh, the bad guy's going to be judged. God, but the righteous and the judge and the uh, the wicked are going to be judged. Right. We're going to be judged for all our idle words. Everything we've done, good and bad, mm-hmm. is going to be weighed. That's why you have to have eternal mind, because if you're thinking eternally already, you make the proper decisions. Right. Second Timothy 4, 1 says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Yeah. It's not just Old Testament stuff. It's not just old wise Solomon talking. This is biblical stuff. There is a time for every purpose and there'll be a time for every work. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're going to school yeah. and you're studying, you're doing your thing, la 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 la. But there's going to be a day where you're going to get graded on your work yeah. and, you know, your studies and how you apply yourself and your attendance and everything. So during the semester, you, th- you know, you take a day off here, or you don't mm-hmm. study real well here and, you know, but there's going to be a day of reckoning when you do get that final grade a pass or fail or whatever. So the student has to have a graduation mind. They have to be thinking of the time they're going to be graduating. They have to think beyond just the time that they're in the classroom. So the guy next to him could be partying every night, party, right? And he seems to get away with it because mm-hmm. the teachers don't correct him and he turns in sloppy work. He gets away with it, but he's not thinking with graduation mind. Mm-hmm. And on that day of reckoning, hey, he ain't going to make it. Wow. And that, that takes us to the scripture where he says that moreover, I saw in the son the place of judgment, that wickedness was there and no place of righteousness that iniquity was there. And here's a difficulty. See, if God requires events to move in their perpetual cycle, right? Like the sun, the wind, the rivers, start, you know, there's a time to die, time to be born, a time to laugh, cry, build up, right? Mm-hmm. 
then why are the wicked allowed to deal unrighteously in the place where injustice ought not to be mm-hmm. like the place of judgment? And it, it, I guess, you know, like Jeremiah 12, one says, righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. Mm. Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Right. Wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? Mm-hmm. This is what Jeremiah was, was asking God. Look at, I respect you. I understand your righteousness, you know, but let me plead with you. Why are these people getting away with wickedness and why are they happy mm-hmm. in their treachery? Man. So verse 17 says, I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work, right? Mm -hmm. So 17 is a solution to that question that there is a coming judgment in which God will vindicate his righteous ways. The sinner's time of his unrighteous work is short and it is compared to eternity. It's just, it's a, it's a, a breath. God also has his time in his work of judgment. But meanwhile, the overruling for good at last, what seems now dark, he has his time of judgment, the end. That's right. And man cannot know. Man cannot find out the plan of God's ways. We've already discovered that. So if judgment was instantly followed by every, you know, after every sin, there would be no scope really for free will, no scope for faith, and definitely not perseverance of the saints in spite of difficulties. It's just the, it's just the truth, right? Yeah, that's right. Because you'd go, wow, you know, you sin, you do that, you get whacked. So everybody would be like, toe on the line. Mm-hmm. So the previous darkness... Uh, it's gonna it's gonna make the light that we're gonna see at last that more glorious. And that's just eternal mind. I mean, it's hard to do. That's where faith comes in because you don't see it. You know, you see all these guys up there. You know, in your government, whatever country you're living in, and they're just these people are just making decisions that are affecting you will affect your lives, will affect your livelihood, your finances, your health, yeah, and your children, the education, and you have no choice in it. You can't opt out. And it's frustrating. And you see the lies they keep perpetuating over and over and over again. The false flags, mm-hmm. the phony um, agitators, Right? That's right. The phony rioters. My gosh. That's just, it's just, it's over and over again. It's the same old thing, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Mm-hmm. You know, I, the times that I do feel that way, and uh, I always go back to um, Psalm 37 and 73, actually, which I think is funny because the um, the numbering there. But like Psalm 37 says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, 
iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. And then it goes on to say, Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Amen. And that really goes well with what Koalith says next. Mm -hmm. It really does. And here it is. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church, yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? And really, as Koalith keeps going, I think it just gets better and better, you know, because it kind of builds... You know more and more what he's previously said mm -hmm. so he's talking about the estate of fallen man being so ordered you know these wrongs are permitted that god might manifest that is prove them you know mm -hmm. that they might themselves see their mortal frailty like that of the beasts it reminds me of that story about king nebuchadnezzar mm -hmm. you know because of his pride and it was spoken to him that yeah, he would be like the beast. And he was like that for seven years. Yeah. Before he came to the realization that God is who he says he is. And I love that. I, I, I just do that story with that part where he says, mm -hmm. then he looked up yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> and realized, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, on, you know, from our seats, we're like, man, whack these guys, whack these guys, you know. How, you know how do, how could they how could they still be living? How could they say such things? How could they be leading such people astray? I'm talking even uh, so-called Christian, you know, uh, churchianity leaders. Mm -hmm. You know, these Cheez-Its followers. 
that are just leading people off the cliff with phony doctrine and false theology. I go, God, how can you let them continue? I know. And Peter, he says that these are, these are as natural brute beasts. They are made to be taken and destroyed. Speak They speak evil of things that they don't understand and they shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Wow. It's just like what Cole was seeing. Mm -hmm. God permits it that he could prove them. And also those who follow them, right? Mm -hmm. Because I get so mad at the leaders for leading people astray. But then I look at the thousands of idiots that are following them. Don't you think that's their faith and their, their wisdom and their intelligence is being tested too? Oh, obviously. Yeah. They're not going to get away with that and go, Oh, I was ignorant of it. I just didn't read my Bible. You know, anyway, so Quill talks about the sons of men, the sons of Adam, fallen men. So the toleration of injustice until the judgment is designed to manifest men's characters and their fallen state. Now, that's hard to get your head around. But if you can accept that and get your head around it, it does help you get through this prison planet a little better. Mm hmm. You know, knowing that these people in leadership or these celebrities or these all these people lying in this evil and wicked justice system and the oppressors, that they're allowed, basically, God's given them the rope. Yeah. And they can either hang themselves or, or, or come to the realization of an eternal mind. Right? That's right. So if you can understand that it's... It's to manifest men's character in their fallen state to see whether the oppressed will bear themselves up, you know, amidst their wrongs, knowing that the time is short and that there is a coming judgment. Mm -hmm. And all the oppressed, everybody on earth sharing death. But the comparison to beasts applies to the ungodly oppressors. That's right. It really does. Psalms 49, 12 and 20 says... Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. Mm. So they too need to be manifested or proved, whether considering that they must soon die as the beasts and fearing the judgment to come that they could repent. Yep. Right? And you, you had mentioned Nebuchadnezzar earlier. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, when he had th- this dream right before that was going to happen mm-hmm. in Daniel four twenty seven, Daniel tell, is interpreting that dream for him. And Daniel says, wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee and break off thy sins by righteousness yes. and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor. If it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. Mm-hmm. In other words, do what's good, do what's right, because it's going to give you peace, man. Right. And not only that, but like what we learned last week, the same fate that's going to happen to the beasts, these creatures, these animals, is the same thing that's going to happen to us, whether we're rich or poor. Mm-hmm. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. Death is appointed for every man, right? Yep. Yeah. And even with uh, Genesis, um, in Genesis, it says here, uh, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it was thou taken, 
for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. Amen. Because they are brute beasts morally, right? Mm-hmm. And you read, did you read, Jude, you read Peter, right, on the beasts? Yeah, I read Second uh, Peter 2.12. Yeah, and Jude 10, Jude, Jude 10 goes with that. Saying, but these speak evil of those which they know not, mm-hmm. but what they know naturally as brute beasts. Yep. In those things, they corrupt themselves. Yeah. Because even Solomon writes in, the, in this third chapter, verse 18. I mean, he says, I said in my heart concerning the estate of the son of men that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are Beast. You know, I was, I typed in brute beast definition. It uh-huh. says a brute is defined as a savage, insensitive, or uncivilized person. A person who is unkind and cruel is an example of a brute, lacking the ability to reason. A brute beast, having no consciousness or feelings, insensate, the brute force of nature of or like an animal, specifically a brutal, cruel, gross, sensual, and stupid person. It is like, I mean, you talk about um, flesh. Mm-hmm. It's really the flesh suit. It's e- all flesh. Exactly. There's no spirit in there. There's no spirit of God, no spirit yearning for eternal uh, things. And the flesh is enmity with mm-hmm. God. So that beast is an enmity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. And no wonder the Bible tells us to walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Yeah. Because yes. flesh produces death. And? Brute beasts, humans, die just like the animals, just like the beasts. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Everybody dies. Regards to the liability of death, everybody dies. And there's a future judgment. Whether, mm-hmm. you know, you're rich or poor or powerful or weak. And that's why you want to be found in Christ. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, life on the horizontal plane is vanity. That's what Solomon is trying to say. That's what the preacher is trying to say. Koalith is saying life is vanity if regarded independently of God. Mm-hmm. Right? There's a vast difference. In Ecclesiast- Ecclesiastes 3.21, there's a vast difference between them in respect to the future destiny. And also beasts right. have no judgment to come. Let me let me read that. In 321 it says, Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward mm-hmm. and the spirit of the beasts that goeth downward to the earth? Right? Mm-hmm. And then in 317 it says, I said in my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. You're like a beast, you all die, but guess what? You're going to go back up. Your spirit's going to return to God. I shouldn't say back up, but going to return to God. And there's going to be a judgment. That's right. So who knoweth no doubt of the destination of man's spirit? Like in Ecclesiastic 12.7, Ecclesiastes 12.7, he says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Mm. Right? right so solomon says who knoweth the destination man's spirit well there's 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 no doubt about that that the spirit returns to god that's right but how 
how many, by reason of the outward mortality to which man is, is as liable as the beast and which is the ground of the skeptic's argument, comprehend this big difference between man and the beast. Man will be judged. Isaiah 53, 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Mm. Amen. Yeah. See, the spirit of man that ascends, it belongs to God on high. Mm-hmm. But the spirit of the beast that descends, it belongs to the below, even to the earth. Their, des- their destinations are utterly different. Right. So, he ends this chapter, or this chapter ends, with Solomon saying, Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better that a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? Mm. Yeah. And if we look at Ecclesiastes 3.12, I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. Right, right. See, mm-hmm. basic things. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5.18 says, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life which God giveth him, for it is his portion. And this is for living under under the sun. It's like, you know, you 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 take God's good gifts in their season. It's the fear of God and keeping his commandments that gives the eternal mind. That's right. Right? You know, in Galatians 6, 4, it says, But let every man prove or test his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Amen. Amen. And so that, you know, that brings that thankful uh, enjoyment about for God's gifts, mm-hmm. right? And a cheerful, a cheerfulness for what has God, you know, God gives you. But this is all based on that fear of the Lord. And it's not on, on, on the sensual, bestial, fleshly nature. Mm-mm. And I had mentioned um, Ecclesiastes 11.9. And it says, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in his ways of thine heart, or walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of thine eyes. But know thou that all, for all these things, God will bring thee unto judgment. (laughs) So you have to know that. Right? Right. You can't be like, uh, just, you know, just seeking money and, and, and hedonism and all that stuff because that's all vanity too. That's right. The present life, if you make it your main portion, it's just vanity. Yeah. If you don't fear God and his commandments and develop eternal mind, it's just emptiness. Exactly. And your works will be like stubble and hay. Amen. And they will burn at the end even though you won't lose your salvation, but you won't have anything for eternity. Mm-mm. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to take that chance. No. Matthew 6.20 says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
mm-hmm. where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. That's not just something Jesus that decided to throw out there and say. That's right. This is the wisdom of God. This is what Solomon was talking about in his wisdom as he was living in the horizontal plane. Mm-hmm. He was saying, there's nothing better for man than to eat, drink, and enjoy his labor. But but you have to fear God and obey his commandments. You have to develop something further. It can't be just about here because you will be judged on all, everything. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus says, lay up yourselves treasures in heaven. Not here. Verse 25 in Matthew 6 says, therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, mm. what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat mm. and the body more than raiment? You see the eternal mind? It's totally not of the world. That's right. How about verse 31 through 34? Verse 31 says, therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? And the 34, uh, yeah, says the same thing. No, 34 says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Mm. Uh, It kind of falls together. It kind of starts making sense, doesn't it? It does. It really does. You know, and it, it's it's not difficult. It's not very complicated, really, um, when you have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You can't, do, you can't do this in the flesh because you're a brute beast. That's right. That's what's so important to have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Amen. Well, I think uh, you have anything else to add? No. In chapter three? Mm-mm. Nope, 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 nope. Okay, then... We will say goodnight, and then next week we'll move on to chapter four. Yay. All right. Okay. Okay. Good night. Ciao, babies. (laughs) 